It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL. This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans. And they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20 plus years have been hard and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Brick. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate you coming back. JT in studio today with Bobby. A lot of exciting things are happening here with our radio station heading into the preseason. A couple of new roles for me, Q. Uh, some cool things happening over at the Raider facility. Uh, we're going to be very busy this year, and you're going to be able to find all of our content right here at Lotus Broadcasting, Raider Nation Radio, and especially on the Raiders mobile app as we continue on. We're brought to you this hour by the Black Hole. Go to theblackhole.com. Memberships are up. Hey, man, good partnership we started off with my friends at the Black Hole, Cisco and Mark and everybody who's in the Black Hole from Gorilla Rilla to Senior to Violated or myself, everybody, Raider Mort, why not be a member of the Black Hole? Sign up for a membership. Hey, some of the brides that are out there, some of the partners are out there. Surprise, your favorite Raider fan. Get them a membership to the Black Hole. Get them a T-shirt, a patch, and then start showing up at these Black Hole events, especially in the parking lot and J-Lot. With your shirt on as a member, you'll feel cool, man. In this tremendous heat, become a member of the Black Hole, theblackhole.com. You just click one button and you're in, and we'll get going there. We're going over the Raiders' all-time tight ends. And we'll continue on this topic here for about another half hour. Levi Edwards from the digital team will join us. Uh, He's inside the facility, and he's going to have some impact on the new Raider wide receivers. They're doing something nice at digital. They're doing every group. Like we're doing all-time team. They're doing it with the current players on the roster, which we are digging into. And hopefully these guys step up. For all the guys on national media and gals who don't know anything about the Raiders, they don't look at any of this content. They don't know who's on the team. They're all just, everybody wants to talk about the Raiders on a national radio show or a TV show has the same old crap every day. Is Jimmy G going to be healthy? So it's the only topic. NFL Network, they can't say, hey, let's break down the Raiders with Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae if they're all out together on the same field at the same time. Let's do a breakdown segment on NFL Live with Mia Kimes and everyone and say, hey, by the way, if Jimmy is healthy, and Devontae, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter, and Michael Mayer are going to be out there at the same time. What are they going to look like? Crickets. Nothing. Is, this, is this Jimmy Garoppolo going to be healthy? That's all they talk about. They don't want to talk about anything else because it's low-hanging fruit this time of year. The big news in the NFL is the Jets have locked up all-pro defensive tackle Quinn and Williams on a four-year $96 million contract extension that includes $66 million guaranteed. I bring up that number because that's what Khalil Mack wanted years ago with the Raiders. Same exact contract. He got $66 million guaranteed. Khalil wanted $60 million guaranteed, 90 total. Well, years after that, Quinn and Williams gets basically that, $66 million guaranteed. 
and $96 million overall. And that's a team with Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be a big topic because I didn't get a chance to mention this yesterday. The Jets are going to be on hard knocks. They selected the Jets, which is good for all of us. They do a nice job on hard knocks. Well, I'll watch it all the time. And on hard knocks this year, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want this. Because Aaron Rodgers wants to tease the media. You can't tease the media on hard knocks. They're there. They have an agreement with the NFL and HBO that they can film everything. So Aaron Rodgers can't tease those guys and say, go away, the way he's going to tease the New York media when he goes to a Nick game or he goes to the Met or he goes to a concert. He could say, well, you guys stand over there. I'm going to Taylor Swift. I'm not going to talk to you. That's teasing him. Can't do that on hard knocks. You've got to be involved. So they're going to have a camera in Aaron Rodgers' meeting room. You bleep and think Aaron Rodgers wants to have a camera mounted in the meeting room? So I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what to say here, but it's going to be good for us. I'm going to watch it. Then last night on Netflix, as I turned off the ESPYs, wink, wink, turned it off, I watched Netflix's new Omaha Productions, which is Peyton Manning's quarterback. And they break down three quarterbacks from last year, and it was really good because they gave you information from last year that they couldn't show you last year, and they played it now. So it was Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. So there was a little bit of Vegas in it because Mariota left the Raiders, and they did a little bit on Vegas and him backing up Carr. He went to Atlanta. What a nice guy Mariota is. Showed him in his home, homeland of Hawaii. Uh, he went up and played and beat the Seahawks in the Pacific Northwest where he won the Heisman at Oregon. There's some cool stuff with Marcus Mariota. Kirk Cousins, to me, had the best story. Just a nice guy. Really down-to-earth, man of faith, uh, sitting at home with his kids. He's got this cool little private room in his house that he built in Michigan. It's got a secret door. He didn't want it to be in his home. Didn't want to be in the living room and show off. So he built the trophy room in his home with everything he had from a little boy, letters from his dad, to his years with the Washington Commanders. When he said, you like that? And posters and uniforms, and they cut out a piece of the wall where they're supposed to put the Lombardi Trophy if he ever wins. What a likable guy. I mean, Kirk Cousins, the first ever quarterback in NFL history to get an $86 million guarantee. Deshaun Watson has a $230 million now because Kirk Cousins was the first to do it. Then finally, Patrick Mahomes. So I was talking to my wife today about this, and I don't like to talk negative about women or wives, you know, unless it's the Kardashians. Because that's a train wreck. That, that Chris Jenner, that grandmother of that family, what a train wreck. Who, how many kids and stepkids and divorces? and It's just really bizarre. And Mahomes is married to his high school sweetheart. And she's on the show a lot. She's on the show a lot. I'll leave it at that. She was on a lot. And I think I might not watch because of that. I didn't want to tune in. I didn't want to tune in for an hour of Patrick Mahomes' wife going to pumpkin farms and going on carousels with their kids and clapping in the, clapping in the box and walking on the field and, and just taking up all of the oxygen in the room. I'm sure she's a very nice woman, a great wife, a great mother. I'm not going to tune in every week and watch this show, every episode, and watch Mahomes and his wife. I'm out. That's it. I put up with two episodes. It was all Patrick Mahomes' wife on how great Patrick is and how great they are and how much they win, and they win a lot. 
So the bottom line with that story is let's start beating Patrick Mahomes so I don't have to watch these shows. And Travis Kelsey doesn't have to get up at the ESPY Awards and say, you got to fight for your right to party and be just an idiot. He comes here and plays golf and he beats Steph Curry. There's a lot of Mahomes and Kelsey around. And Raider Nation, they got to go down. This is getting old, man. Remember Joe Namath when Joe Namath was the biggest star in football with the Jets? The Raiders were beating him a bunch. He beat the Raiders in a big game, but, you know, Namath was bigger than Mahomes ever was. Much bigger. Broadway Joe, he owned a bar. He was on television. He was in movies and all that. But a lot of the country had to watch Joe Namath because he was the guy. I don't want to watch Patrick Mahomes the next five years on all these game shows and all these talk shows. And I think the Raiders got to be on the front line with the Broncos and the Chargers are slowing him down because they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. Back to the tight ends. It seems like before we make the decision in any particular order, it's Dave Casper, Todd Christensen, Raymond Chester, and who's going to be our honorable mentions. I think maybe that should be the rest of the show, Bobby. Who's going to be the honorable mentions that I get to put in the tweet? Is it Darren Waller, Zach Miller, Billy Cannon? A couple of the old-time Raiders told me the best. Period. Put him in. Put him in your top three. You got to have Billy Cannon. 65 games, his impact, uh, eight, listen to this, highest ever in Raider history, 18.7 yards per catch. What? 18.7 yards per catch. Um, He's had some big years. Billy Cannon, the Heisman Trophy winner, I'll dive into him a little bit more. All the others that we've mentioned, uh, the obvious, the big ones, we we talked about Doug Jolly a little bit earlier in the show, and as we mentioned, some of the other guys out there, There's just a slew of very good tight ends, not super elite. Roland Williams, who are some of your other favorites that came in and played tight end. Uh, Jared Cook, we've had a couple of tweets on Jared Cook as we continue on, and everybody who is uh, tweeting, we greatly appreciate this as we look at some of the tweets that are coming in. Uh, Fabian says, JT, in no particular order, Casper, Chester, Christensen. Uh, Susan Lee says, JT, it's Todd Christensen, Dave Casper, Raymond Chester, Honorable mention, Doug Jolly. That's from Raider Susan. I appreciate that. Uh, Paul Bartlett says, The Ghost, Todd Christensen, and Darren Waller. Mm. That's Waller over Raymond Chester. Uh, Just win Wendy, our friend Wendy. Chester, Casper, Waller. Then Christensen. Waller was a superstar for three-plus years. Uncoverable. I'll miss him this year. I think a lot of people are going to miss him and the impact that he had. So there are a lot of people checking in on this. If you want to get on Twitter, you don't want to call in. It's Twitter, at JT the Brick or Raider Nation Radio. As we're looking for a couple of more calls before we wrap it up, 702-365-9200. Raider 66, been a part of this every day. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hey, you're welcome, JT. How are you doing today? Good, buddy. Thanks. And I completely agree with you. We have got to slap the smile off of Kelsey's face and get those guys back where they belong. Uh, it has gone gone on too long with this Kansas City stuff. The Raiders got to rise up and uh, get back on top. But uh, you know, when you're looking for a diamond, they say you look for the four C's. You know, was it clarity cut? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, the four C's with the tight ends for the Raiders too. Uh, this has been a marquee position for this franchise forever. And yeah, you got Casper, Christensen, Chester, and Cannon. I'm glad you mentioned him. Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU, started with uh, Houston, and I believe he started as a running back, yep. just like Christensen did. 
and uh, and yeah, big things for them. But Dave Casper, you know, obviously number one with uh, with all the uh, the stuff with the Ghost of the Post and everything like that. But you know, when he was in college, uh, he was an All American at two positions: tackle and tight end. His junior and senior year, when the Raiders drafted him, they weren't sure whether they were going to put him on the line or make him a tight end. And he showed up at two fifty five, a little bit more than his normal playing weight. And John Madden had him going and working out with the offensive lineman. <laughs> Casper did not like that. He lost 30 pounds in the offseason, came into his second year at about 230, and uh, the rest is history. He made tight end and uh, all those great catches. Uh, Christensen, uh, as you mentioned, he he's, uh, was drafted by Dallas as a fullback. Uh, Al got him and said, you know what, he might be a good tight end, and he certainly was. For four years, from 1983 to 1986, he had 349 receptions. That at the time was the NFL record over a four-year span for a tight end. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Ray Chester, that guy was one of my favorites as a kid. He was the rookie of the year in 1970, and I believe it was that rookie year when he caught a pass against the Bengals. And you watch the highlights. He has got three, four on him, and he just keeps rumbling. Guy was a beast. He was absolutely awesome. And uh, when I saw that Casper was uh, a second-round draft pick, and then this year they drafted Michael Mayers in the second round from Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, if lightning can strike twice, uh, this kid will be on the list in about five years. Thanks, JT, for the time. Have a great day. Yeah, I'd like to see this develop into that Levi Edwards here in about five or six minutes on the growth of Michael Mayer involved here in the offseason and what he's going to be able to do because that's the type of player that's got to come in, got to come in and have an impact early. I know that some players take time. I know you have to develop players. I know that Dave Ziegler has a track record, and so does Josh McDaniels, of developing players. And I'd like to see uh, players develop quickly now. I do. Jimmy Garoppolo's been in the league a long time. Devontae, Jacoby, Hunter. You know, Michael Mayer, how quickly do you get him involved? How quickly do you get him the ball on first down? Not on third down. Do you make him a blocker? I think his biggest asset will be on the edge. He'll be not, he'll he'll be another offensive lineman for Josh Jacobs. Let's assume Josh Jacobs is here, which I am. Let's assume he is here, and he's running over the right side. And on the right side, we're looking at Illuminor, Brandon Parker. This isn't elite offensive linemen. They're not. They're proven if they can play in this league, let alone this team. The Raiders don't have a right tackle right now who is in any list in any top 20. So I think the Raiders could get a right tackle on cutdown day. I think the Raiders can get another guy at that position. But let's assume they want to go with this, let's build from within and do it. I'm cool with that. You better have Michael Mayer in there because he might, he might be able to block more viciously and Josh Jacobs might go off him and pick up in three extra yards. The only way we're going to be able to see that is it a little bit of practice and the preseason? And no one plays the preseason anymore. So I saw Michael Mayer. I, I saw a film cut up on Michael Mayer. Obliterate, obliterate linebackers. Okay, so what are you going to do with him? I, I, what, he's going to be single covered. Devontae's going to be doubled on every bleeping play. Double team the whole year. So who are you going to double team after that? Jacoby Myers? Hunter Renfro? Michael Mayer? So you've got to assume going in that Michael Mayer is going to be with linebacker coverage with a safety maybe keeping an eye on him a little bit. But that other safety is going to be on Devontae. 
another safety is going to be in the box wondering if Josh Jacobs is going to get a handoff. I think this Michael Mayer story is a big one, really big. And I hope that Josh McDaniels, because he had Gronk, give him the Gronk plays. Give it to him. Run the same plays you ran with Gronk. I am not the sharpest tool in the shed. I never claimed to be. I would run every play in the history of Gronk. I'd run it to Mayer. And if he drops it, he drops it. If he runs the wrong route, run it again. But I, I guess someone has every play that Gronk has ever run. Give him all of them. It'd probably take two hours to go through all the plays, and Michael Mayer can probably run them all. Won't be as good as Gronk, because Gronk's going right to the Hall of Fame, but you never know. All right, last call for tight ends. The Raiders' all-time team tight ends. Where do you have Raymond Chester, Dave Casper, Todd Christensen, Billy Cannon, Zach Miller, Darren Waller? Big one is where do you have Waller? No disrespect. Where do you put Waller? Four? Three? Five? Where do you slot him here? I'm looking for three starters. That's it. And you can give me the honorable mentions. Uh, tomorrow, a much-needed, we're working, we're going to be here, but a day off from this, this list we're doing. We need a day off. We need a day off from this. And then I think on Monday, Bobby and I have to decide we're going safeties or corners. Each, each positions group is going to have a day. Safeties or corners, without question. I think the toughest group is going to be the running backs because we have to take the running backs and split them with the fullbacks. Fullbacks one day, running backs the other, but... Cornerbacks, ooh, oh. trying to come up with the four greatest ones. There's like seven. You got to come up with four. We'll do that, and we'll have fun doing it uh, on Raiders Radio at Raider Nation Radio. We're excited about that. Levi Edwards coming up on the other side as we continue. Hey, did you check out our new Meetup Vegas pack here? You wanna, do you want to barbecue in 117 degrees? I do. I, I do. I just stay a little bit farther away from the grill. Uh, check out the variety packs. That's what I get. I just get every month a variety pack. It comes to my house. It's perfect. I put it in the freezer. I save it or I cook it. Or if I'm having a big event, people over. I, I, when my sister's coming out next month, I'll get two variety packs, and we'll cook them up on the grill, and we'll go through it all, and everybody will just love it. The meat that you get, restaurant quality from all the great restaurants in town. Same local warehouse, cuts the meat, ships it out fresh to you the next day. you got to love that as we continue. 702-365-9200. We'll go into the Raider facility, talk to Levi, coming up next, and then we'll wrap it up. I think I got my list. I think I'm pretty good with the Raiders' tight end. And we'll tweet that out at about uh, 145. How's everyone doing with the heat? You all right? Protect people around you with the heat, man. It's going to get crazy here the next couple days. I can't run fast and I'm not too tall, but I got hands that stick to the ball. I'm third and long near the end of the game. The quarterback likes to call my name. They cry, Todd, just get yourself free. And I say, fine, leave the rest to me. We wear the silver, we wear the black. We never retreat, we always attack. Todd Christensen. They were singing in that era, the Super Bowl shuffle with the Bears, the Raiders. Uh, the Silver and Black Senior Semifinal List. No Jim Plunkett. No Jim Plunkett for the Hall of Fame on the list. Lester Hayes, Art Powell. Highlights the, the players. I'll get to that. 
found out that news yesterday in the building, hurting for Jim Plunkett, who should be on that list. Really hurting for Jim Plunkett, who should be on that list. Levi Edwards, part of the digital team there. They're doing an unbelievable breakdown of all the position groups here. The position breakdowns are going through it. And we're talking to Levi today, the all-time Raiders tight ends. And I wanted to jump in with you on the tight ends and your analysis here because Michael Mayer plays a really big role. And he's been around the building. You've seen him in the mand- you know, mandatory mini camps and OTAs. How has he impressed you so far? I'm going to be honest with you, JT. I would go on record and say that Michael Mayer has probably impressed me the most out of any rookie in this class so wow. far. Um, and, and that's a, a huge accolade. And I know, obviously, these guys are coming in the building and they're fresh and they're still – you know, they haven't put on pads yet. They haven't gone through a training camp yet. You know, so there's still a lot going on. But from what I've seen so far, I've seen some really good things from Michael Mayer, just everything about him. He has great size. He has an aggressiveness to him. He's just very fluid. His route running is unbelievable for a tight end. Um, really everything that we saw from him at Notre Dame, when you watch Notre Dame highlights and you see everything that he did there, I basically have seen everything here that you would see there. So, uh, you know, obviously not too surprising considering the statute mm-hmm. that he, you know, had coming from Notre Dame, uh, you know, one of the, you know, greatest tight ends, you know, the step foot at Notre Dame, along with another guy that I probably know you have on your list, uh, Dave Casper. Mm-hmm. I assume. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I really like what I've seen from him so far. Levi, it's important here that he hits the ground running. He's on a rookie contract. Uh, rookies don't make that much money compared to, you know, the quarterbacks and all that. But what I like about them is Dave Ziegler wanted him enough after the first round to trade up and get him and not making sure no one else wanted him. So he knows he was a need. The Raiders know they needed a player like this to step in for Darren Waller. And, you know, Josh McDaniels has a brilliant track record with tight ends with the Patriots. So I see this working pretty good. I hope there's not a lot of growing pains for him because he should be able to do everything. Block. T- tell me what you think he's going to be able to do in the system as a blocker, a blocking in front of Josh Jacobs. I think he'll be huge asset just from the standpoint of you saw what he did at Notre Dame and you notice he's a big body. You know, he probably shed a couple of pounds, but, you know, from me just looking at him doing the eye test, he looks about 6'5", 265. So you're basically a linebacker or, you know, an old-school linebacker. You're basically defensive end. You're over here playing tight end. So he definitely has blocking ability, and I truly believe that he has the potential to be one of the, the better blocking tight ends the Raiders have had in years. And so that's also a great attribute. And I know – this kind of gets thrown around a lot, you know, about the Gronk comparisons. You know, every everybody and their mom apparently is supposed to be the next Robert Gronkowski. Uh, but I hate to be one of those people. Uh, I really do think Mike Mayer has a Robert Gronkowski skill set to him with the way that he blocks, the way that he runs routes, the aggressiveness that he plays with. Uh, you can see a lot of comparisons. And so when you have a guy like Josh McDaniels, who's very familiar with Robert Gronkowski and you can get another guy in your building who plays like that, that you've had success with, then by all means, you got to go for it. And, you know, who would have ever thought that Michael Mayer would have dropped to the second round, Mm -hmm. you know, three, four months ago, I wouldn't have. So it really was just uh, too good to be true. It was definitely a position of need. And I think that he filled it very well. Levi Edwards joins us from the Raiders digital team. 
puts out a lot of content, the content that we use. He's one of our insiders during the regular season. So let's talk about what the Raiders did at that position because O.J. Howard's very interesting to me. Because when Jared Cook came to the Raiders and some other tight ends that came on trades or at the end of their career, they played like their hair was on fire to make the team, let alone to be productive. And when we saw the experience of Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard, these are two players, and I want you to start with O.J. Howard. This is the rest of their career. They're fighting not only to make the team, where they're going to be and get on the field, or the next stop of their career is not going to be that good. This is almost the final stop for both of them. What have you seen from their attendance and how they look and what to expect from them? Uh, definitely both, uh, you know, come in with the right mentality. They've been trying to help the other younger players around them. That's something that I've also noticed. It's just kind of their interactions with other people. Um, they definitely seem like team guys. For O.J. Howard, O.J. Howard is a guy that I still truly believe um, is a great tight end. Uh, the one thing that has plagued O.J. Howard throughout his career has really just been injuries. He's not been the most durable guy since he's entered the league, and that's really has what set him back since he was, you know, he was a first-round pick, you know, out of Alabama. He was a stud, and you know, the, he when the, in the uh, small amounts of opportunities he had with Tampa, and the small amount of opportunities he's had with Houston, he's done good things. Just a matter of, you know. Mm-hmm. Staying, staying healthy. Uh, as for Austin Hooper, he's been a lot more durable throughout his career. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's done a lot of great things with the with the Falcons, and he also did some really good things with uh, a Tennessee Titans team last year that kind of struggled to have options in the passing game. And so, I really do think that Austin Hooper provides a great complement in the passing game, along with Michael Mayer. Uh, two guys that I really believe will fit the system well, and, and they're going to be fighting. O.J. Howard and Hooper, they're both going to be fighting for their spot because, like you said, uh, not necessarily like they're they're on the back end of their career necessarily, but they aren't spring chickens. They know what time it is. And so you know, they have to compete for their roles, especially when you have a young buck like Michael Mayer coming in, and then you have a guy like Jesper Horstead, who may not be a household name to a lot of people, but he, you know, is a young guy who could be productive and work his way into more reps. So these guys have to be cognizant of that going into training camp. Levi Edwards, as we wrap it up, it's very important that this tight end position gets going because they're not going to be double teamed. They're going to be in one-on-one coverage because of Devontae. And with Hunter, and depending on Jacoby and Hunter being on this field at the same time, with the speed receiver... Tucker, who's ever going to be on the outside, if they go four wide with a tight end, and the tight end's going to probably stay in and block if they go four wide, but if the tight end can peel off, I can't imagine a tight end being more wide open than in this system with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo had a lot of success in New England, but especially with the 49ers with George Kittle. I'm expecting Garoppolo to come in and really lean on a tight end early, depending on who's going to be starting to be a really important part of this system because of the highlights he had with George Kittle. And a lot of people don't get Kittle was wide open because he ran great routes and the fact that the Niners had so many weapons, he wasn't double-teamed all the time. Yeah, I completely agree. And obviously, like you, like you were speaking of, we don't know who the starter will be. Uh, I, I We still have to work through that and get through training camp and everybody's got to fight for their positioning. But I will say with the, the weapons that are on this team, you know, whatever speed receiver that you have, it could be Dorsett, it could be Trey Tucker, you don't know. 
Um, it could be DeAndre Carter. You know, all three of those guys have speed, and then you have Devontae, and then you'll either have Renfro in the slot or you'll have Jacoby Myers in the slot or both of them kind of doing their own thing. So you have, you know, four wideouts. And from what I've seen so far, if Michael Mayer has a one-on-one matchup with someone with that set, you know, no disrespect to any other defenses out there, that's a barbecue chicken mm-hmm. <laughs> for Michael Mayer, even as a rookie. I think that's barbecue chicken for him. So I really am excited to see how he comes in and how he does as a rookie, how he handles things. And obviously he's going to have his growing pains. You know, everything's not going to come just like that. But this is a guy who has the potential to be a top five tight end in this league in the next three to four years if he's utilized properly. And so he's going to be a great, great asset for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I believe that, you know, as well as Jesper Horstead, you know, who, you don't know a whole lot about him yet, but mm-hmm. I think he'd be a great asset as well as O.J. Howard and Austin Hooper. I think this is probably, you know, despite the team trading Darren Waller and a lot of people not necessarily understanding the reasoning behind that trade and him becoming a fan favorite, you know, it was tough. I do believe that this tight end room now, you know, holistically, is probably the most loaded the, it's ever been for the silver and black in, in years. So do I agree with you. I think Mayer's the X factor. He's got to hit. He's got to hit early. I expect him to. So tell us about what you know about camp and the rookies reporting first. I mean, you've been around a lot. I hope you had some free time to yourself over the summer as it's getting hot. This thing's jumping on us pretty early here in about two weeks, right? Yeah, so the rookies will report to camp on July 20th, and then the veterans will follow up with after them on the 24th, and then we have the first practice on the 26th. So everything's moving really, moving really mm-hmm. fast now. So we're still trying to get everything – you know, squared away. It's just wild to think that, you know, we're a month away from the yeah. first preseason game against the 49ers. So um, it's been a long off season. Mm-hmm. I say that it went by fast because it hasn't for me. I've enjoyed this little bit of downtime. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. the whole process of the draft, covering uh, the new guys coming in, uh, seeing how everything's shaping up. Uh, there's a lot more continuity in the in the locker room and within the coaching staff now after you know going through the year that they just had so I'm, I'm really excited to see things pick up and i'm more than excited to see some damn football games same here man no doubt about it see you soon see you in the building thanks for doing this most definitely thank you jt for having me. you got it levi edwards appreciate having you there so the Niner game is a month away our only preseason game in las vegas uh, only three preseason games total and then the season's going to open up. Uh, the rookies reporting first. There is camp. I got a wedding in New York. I'm going to be gone for for a couple of days. My nephew's getting married. First wedding in my family in this generation. My dad's got seven grandkids. This is his oldest first wedding. So we're going to go back to New York at the end of July for that. And then boom, coming back and we're in and we don't come up for air. Six days a week. All day Sunday and plus some new roles I'm going to have with the Raiders that I'm very proud to announce that are coming up here pretty quickly. So everybody's moving and shaking, trying to get rid of their rest of their vacation time. But can you really vacation in this weather in Vegas? Can you really vacation here? Uh, You got to get out of Dodge, and you got to get out of Dodge or get to one of those pools right there, laying out at the Wynn or the Cosmo or Virgin or all these, wherever you're going to be. Be in the water, in the water, not on the chair. Got to be in the water this time of year and pick your spots. All right, so coming up next, the Raiders' all-time team tight ends. I got them. I already tweeted them out. If you want to look and jump ahead of me, it's out there at JT the Brick. Uh, tweet me your responses on the six I chose. Three starters, three reserves for the all-time tight ends. And 
think this was easy. This wasn't this wasn't a hard one. Wasn't a hard one. Yeah, it wasn't as hard as linebackers. Linebackers were harder. Defensive backs are going to be possibly the toughest. Quarterback's not going to be easy. Oh, quarterback's not going to be easy. Wide receivers? I got an idea of where we're going on that. But we're putting together on the radio, Raider Nation Radio, the all-time team. Brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's any better training in adversity or resilience than it's been this year. Uh, losing the people that we've lost and uh, just the situations that we've been in, you know, it's been tough. And it's having to go in there and lead without having all the answers, going in there and leading and really just by saying, like, hey, you know, this is affecting me too. But at the same time, we're going to go forward with the best presence of mind to the moment, to the day, to the time that we have together, to the best of my ability. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely helped me improve as a leader, and especially in knowing that I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to lead like anybody else. I can just lead in my own way, and that's good enough. Darren Waller, as we recap the Raiders' tight ends on the all-time team. JT with you. Hope you're having a great day today. This is the slowest sports day of the year, and it didn't sound that way on this show because Bobby got that sound. He went back. Bobby's been working on this for weeks, trying to each position group to get you some sound from the players that we're considering on the all-time team, which we'll get to now as I put it out at JT the Brick, if you want to take a look as we wrap it up. I'll start with honorable mentions. Uh, Billy Cannon was one of the great Raiders of all time. And as I look back at the career of Billy Cannon from talking to Raider gold jacket guys, so Raider gold jackets are kind of commenting on this and in my Twitter and the people that I'm talking about, uh, Billy Cannon was loved and probably should be on this list if we had four. He won the Heisman Trophy, so he came into the league as a halfback, fullback, and a tight end. Okay, so he won the Heisman Trophy, a three-time AFL champion, a two-time AFL championship MVP, a two-time AFL All-Star, two-time first team, All-AFL. And his career highlights, I'm looking at his trophies, AFL rushing leader, 1961, national champion, Heisman Trophy winner, his college career was incredible at LSU, but when he came in there and he evolved and he got into becoming a tight end. So this is one of the greatest athletes who have ever played in the NFL, Billy Cannon, right? So one of the greatest athletes of all time, the Heisman Trophy, proves that. When he comes over into this league and he ends up with the Raiders, he was traded to the Raiders before the 64 season. Al Davis liked his ability and didn't know exactly what he wanted to do with him. He moved him to fullback. And then the obvious move, after a slow start, he finished the season with 37 receptions, 454 yards, and eight touchdowns. And when Mr. Davis moved him to tight end, and supposedly Cannon didn't want it, he expected to be made into a wide receiver, but the Raiders had Art Powell and Fred Bolitnikoff at that time. He just jumped in, and he was able, you know, Raiders didn't use the tight end at that time. And that's what the legends told me. They said he was the reason Mr. Davis and this team evolved into the great tight end team in the 70s as he continued to get better and better and better. He established himself as a deep threat and caught 14 passes for 406, 436 yards. Listen to this. This is 1966. His average reception 
31.4 yards per, per, per reception. And, you know, when you look at what happened with the uh, 1967 team that we talked about, and he had a, a really good, that 1967 season was incredible. So I wanted to put Billy Cannon there. You, you could have put him at third. You could have had him or Raymond Chester there at third, and that would have been fair because Billy Cannon had a big impact, and hopefully you know, know more about him. Honorable mention, Darren Waller. Couldn't put Darren into the top three. I think he had three or two of the greatest explosive seasons in Raiders history, uh, shattering the tight end reception mark and the tight end records. So when you, when you look at that, Darren Waller has to be an honorable mention. And I know a lot of people who tweeted at me wanted him in the top three. I couldn't do that because, again, the impact, the impact in the big games. You know, they just didn't, Darren didn't play in enough big games with the Raiders. That was unfortunate. And then I included Zach Miller. Zach Miller, one of the more modern guys, 62 games, uh, 2,712 yards, 226 receptions, 12 touchdowns. We talked about him leading the team in receptions in three years, which a lot of tight ends would never do that because it's a wide receiver, legendary franchise, and Zach Miller was able to do that. Those are my honorable mentions. Uh, My top three all-time, Dave Casper. I have at number one, the Ghost. Uh, played in the biggest games, made the biggest plays in the biggest games, goes to the post, holy roller, uh, Super Bowl touchdown, uh, Casper, a gold jacket, college football, NFL, Hall of Famer in two categories there. Todd Christensen, uh, just a volume guy, just a volume guy when it came to catches and what he was able to do. You have to have him on that list with the L.A. Raiders as the leader in yards, 5,872 and 180 Uh, 108 games, 461 receptions, 41 touchdowns, and coming in, Raymond Chester. Raymond Chester, all-time. I have Raymond Chester. He had two stints with the Raiders. If he would have played his whole career with the Raiders and didn't go to Baltimore, oh, my God. I don't know, but you got to look at the Baltimore stats and what he was able to do. Raymond, 103 games, 216 receptions, 37 touchdowns, and a Super Bowl championship and one of the most athletic players in Raiders history and greatest teammates of all time. So with all of this, was it easy? No, I think my biggest decision was Billy Cannon in the top three or Darren Waller in the top three. I put Khalil Mack, you know, in our group on a second team because he was just too dominant in 2015 and his ability to do that. And I'm going to have to make a tough decision coming up with Devontae Adams when we come to wide receiver, short sample size, but I've seen enough of Devontae already to wonder where he slots. So those are the tight ends. I'll put my notes away. We'll be here tomorrow. Uh, what I'm excited about tomorrow is we're going to play for an hour my exclusive interview with Reggie Jackson. And I did that earlier this week on Tuesday. Here's a little snippet of Reggie Jackson as he joined me. You'll hear it tomorrow. Uh, can you talk about the relationship at least with Ali, Jim Brown, Kareem, Bill Russell, what was going on in your life playing and starting to play at this level, knowing that some of those gentlemen at your time or before your time were still fighting for civil rights and were front and center and were some of the leaders that helped you and your mind evolve on all these topics? Well, certainly Kareem uh, and I were, were just about the same age. Uh, I think he's 75 or mm-hmm. 76. I might even be a year older than Kareem, or he's a year older than me, one or the other. The great Jim Brown was a guy that you looked up to as well because he had a focus on um, diversity way ahead of time. I call it he had a focus on dignity, Uh, and there were so many of the players that 
for me, even in, when I was playing, um, you had to beg for dignity, and it was it was very difficult. And I could understand why guys had <clears throat> difficult attitudes, that they were tough, hard to talk to. Uh, the conversations with the media were rough because you were you were never given the the dignity of being a great player or being a thinker on the field. Uh, it always wound up and saying, "Oh, what what a great." So much great talent this guy has. He's a tremendously talented player. They would very seldom ever say um, he's like a coach on the field. He's like a manager on the field. Um, you know, and so as a black man, you had to fight for that. You know, you know, give me dignity. Don't just talk about the great skills and my great ability. Talk about my mind and my mental toughness and the ability to uh, be a great leader. Um, it was very difficult in those times were for a black to be a catcher, for a black to be a quarterback, for a black to be a, a, a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And, and strangely, you know, when I start saying those kind of things, it's like, wow, uh, kids and people really have never heard that, but that's the way it was. There was very seldom did you see a black center in the National Football League. Right. So, you know, and, and let alone a black quarterback, that was a huge deal when Doug Williams and James Harris and those guys were playing quarterback. They didn't want Warren Moon to be a quarterback. So that's Reggie. We'll play about 45 minutes of it tomorrow at some point as Bobby's putting the show together. Old-time teams will continue. Chris in West Oakland on the back end of the show. Hello, Chris. Hey, JT. Sorry, I haven't had a chance to call in much. I'm still here in Missouri, but I caught the tail end of this, and I really wanted to comment about the tight end. I'm with you. I'm glad you put Billy Cannon in. I'm with, my, my picks were Casper first, Chris Simpson second. And I'm glad you brought up Raymond Chester's time with the Colts. If he would have played his entire career or the majority of it with the Raiders, he'd definitely be number three. Uh, my criteria for this list is, you know, I believe you have to play the majority of your career to be an all-time great Raider. But I want to hit specifically Billy Cannon. You hit all the points I was going to hit. He was kind of the guy that led the way to the great Raider tight ends. Al Davis switched him, like you said, to tight end. What he did at tight end before tight ends were, they just didn't throw the ball to a tight end. Let's face it, in the 60s, JT, a tight end was basically an extra lineman. They blocked for the running game. And Al Davis, you know, in many things he did in the passing game, foresaw the future with the tight end. And I also think it's very important that we do honor the 60s era's Raiders. It's too easy to pick, you know, 70s, 80s, the modern era. These guys led the way. They were great players in their own rights. Yeah, maybe the players today are bigger, stronger, and faster, but that doesn't mean they weren't as dominant in their era. And what Billy Cannon did as a tight end, the yards per catch, was way before anybody ever saw a tight end doing that. So I'll be back next week, JT. I'll be a part of these conversations more. But Dave Casper, Todd Christensen, um, Billy Cannon, with an honorable mention to Raymond Chester, are my tight ends for the Raiders. Zach Miller didn't quite play there long enough. Either did Darren Waller. Great seasons, but two or three seasons doesn't get you on the all-time Raider team, in my opinion. But they had great seasons on the list. Thank you, my friend. I'll enjoy this 100-degree heat and 90% humidity for a couple of more days. But can't right. wait to get back to California, brother. All Later. right, man. Well, welcome back when you do. Have a good time in Missouri. A lot of people are listening to the show on the road. 
because we have the Raiders mobile app. I got to drive from the mean streets of Summerlin now over to the Raiders where it is 106 and it's supposed to get to 109 today. 109 in the 4 o'clock hour. So keep an eye on the pets. Make sure everyone has water. Thanks to Steph McKenzie who came in and talked about the water drive, which is going to happen as we help out the homeless and as many as we can. That's very important. Steph McKenzie was great coming in. We had Levi Edwards on. Uh, tomorrow we'll figure out what we're going to do tomorrow. It's summertime. I'm gonna, I leave the radio show here, and I leave it at home. And I go back. I'm getting in the pool. I'm going to relax and hopefully have a good night tonight. I'll see Sammy Hagar this weekend. Need some rock and roll back in my life. And uh, that's it. That's about it. Now my bucket of Modelo's tomorrow are going to be ice cold. I love taking my six Modelo's and putting them on ice in the backyard. Watch them get dripping wet. And then have a bucket of Modelo's. No driving, just in the backyard. You don't drink them in 10 minutes. It's an all-day thing. But I love it. Bobby, great show as always. Great sound. Monday. Monday we will do cornerbacks, maybe the toughest category for the first team and the second team, cornerbacks. I'll send out the tweet, and thanks for playing along, everybody. Uh, Q's coming up next. He always has a great show. We've got a lot going on here on the channel. We're all proud of it. Have a great day.